Com. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. It's an emotional occasion here at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. It's our last day at the 2021 Minnesota State Fair. Beautiful morning, and we are delighted that uh, those of you who decided to stop by have done that. Sunday Sermons is the name of the program. It's a two-hour show, and uh, it will be followed by not only the Cake Show with Justin Gard, but also Bonus Russo Radio. He's hosting a program as well, and the rumor is the big knocker, uh, Bill Maurice, I think might be on that show as well, unless I misunderstood Russo's tweets. And uh, right off the top of the show, I, I should also mention, uh, Brett Blakemore is the new sidekick. Well, not new, because you've been doing it for a long time. I've been doing it for a hot minute. But now you're more permanent, because Brianne has moved on to bigger and better. Basically got pressured by uh, City's 97 big knocker, Brian Oak, yeah. to stop working on Sunday mornings and concentrate on her other job. So it's going to be basically you, and it's your first time at the fair uh, this year as well. Yep. Welcome. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to be here. And I appreciate your your discipline in that you didn't wear your Green Bay Packers I didn't, gear. no. I didn't think it'd be a good move Early? first day at yeah. the fair. Maybe, right. maybe if I was here every single day yes. of the week, maybe one of those days I'd mix it in just to keep it interesting. But, uh, yeah, probably not the best move. Your lack of presumptuousness is very much appreciated. <laughs> and right off the top, one of our favorites um, over the years, both by phone and also at the Great Minnesota Get-Together, kind enough to stop by from his busy fair schedule to join us. How about a round of applause for former Major League Baseball umpire Tim Cheetah? Ooh. Now, <laughs> what do you Seven, count? 17. Not, not bad. <laughs> not bad for a Sunday morning. Um, 17 and a half. In the history the of your distinguished Major League umpiring career, how many times do you remember being applauded by the audience? Um, once. <laughs> once. Once comes to mind. There was a. It was in Baltimore, and they on the scoreboard between innings, they they play the. Uh, the limbo. Oh yeah, you know, right. They, sure. They, they yeah. insert the the limbo stick, and oh, and you then, they, like then the they go the camera yeah. on isolated fans, yes. and they see they're on the board, and then they Trying have to, to do the limbo. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I'm standing out there looking. The camera's on me, <laughs> and so I, you know, you did, did it. I did my best, and I did it. And uh, the the Blue Jays were playing in there, and the they just the dugouts just fell over that's, laughing. That's but I actually got a standing ovation. Think about from the, and it was full house. 
Yeah. That was a smart move on your part. Yeah, you, know, you never know, right? Yeah, John, Any John, little bit helps. Right? Johnny Oates was managing the Orioles the next day. He brought the lineup cards out. He says, I tell you what, I've been in this game a long time. I've never <laughs> seen an umpire get a standing ovation. <laughs> that is outstanding. That's good. Uh, good. Yeah, it, it's smart, although I'm sure... You know, eight minutes later, if there was a, a play that went against the Orioles, uh, they, they'll change their turned mind. on you, yeah. right? It doesn't they'll, really they'll forget in a hurry. even matter. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, remind folks why you pretty much live every year or have lived at the uh, Great Minnesota Get-Together. Well, I manage the beer garden up at Giggles Campfire Grill up on the north the Northwoods end of the fair, which used to be Machinery Hill for those who yeah. don't know. Uh, he and I grew up together. We bartended together as you know, youngsters or 18, 19 year olds. We, I was in his wedding, uh, and then my first year out of baseball, I, I just called him up out of the blue and said, "Hey, I'll come pour beer for you at the fair. I was looking for something to do besides golf every day." <laughs> and uh, he said, "Are you serious?" And I went, "Yeah." yeah. And because uh, I've I've been in this business, you know, in my off seasons when I was working my way up, so I I know how to do it. And uh, he said, "Come here," and showed me this big. 50 by 50 beer pavilion. He said, you're going to run it for me. And How about that? Okay, so I've been here for 10 years now and uh, seen a lot of growth out there. Holy cow. You know, uh, when I first, when we first started that thing, if we sold 50 kegs of beer, that was a huge day in, in one day. 50 kegs in one day was a big, big, big day. Now that is almost below average. And yesterday... Um, I don't. I heard the numbers were a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand people out here yesterday. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but we sold one hundred kegs of beer yesterday alone. One hundred, right on the number, which is still low from our biggest days sure. ever. But the, um, the biggest day though you've had this year. This was so. the biggest day. This was the largest attendance day yesterday. I got a feeling today is going to be very very close, uh, if not surpass. You think there's a little bit of FOMO creeping in where people who've been a little bit leery go, you know. Nothing seems to be happening. Uh, uh, let's give it a shot. Let's be- That's my take. On yeah. it. It, it was so hard to tell at the beginning because the weather wasn't good. No. And the fair attendance is all weather driven. It's all weather driven. No question. Driven. And, and uh, you see it here. You know, you know what you're going to, you pretty much know what to expect, you know, after seeing the forecast. And I, I do believe there is probably a 20 to 25% of the people out here yesterday were naysayers and, and anti you know right. covid thing and they finally just said we got three do- three more days this and is it I said, let's go let's yeah. just go it doesn't sound like there's riots going on out there <laughs> or you know anything else and I, I look throughout i you know there's only right now of, of our attending audience there's only two people wearing masks right and um, you know hey have at it good yeah. for you you got a reason you're entitled to it uh, our our employees, we are all wearing masks. Right. I, I actually have my Pepe Le Pew mask. That's a nice here. one. Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's yeah. There you go. I'm kind of a slave to fashion. Well, what is your um, give us? What is your over the years? What, how I'm sure you've developed a bar side manner. You developed an umpire style <laughs> to, to keep yourself, you know, uh, upright and to do the job effectively. What, what's your? How would you describe your bar side manner, especially with you know the average obnoxious drunk? Um, pretty much no son, no nonsense these days. I, yeah, right? yeah. I, yeah, I'm 61 years old now. And <laughs> if you don't like me by now, you're not going to like me anyway, so I really don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, yesterday I was told to do a lot of things by about, <laughs> oh, seven or eight customers uh, who, who were just indignant of the fact that they had to wait in line to get a beer. 
sorry, but you and a hundred and you know how many thousand other people had to do the same thing. So, uh, you know, we we run a really tight ship as to how we run them in and around. You know, they get they get ID'd over there. We card everybody, and I tell my people who are checking IDs, I say, don't say we card them. Tell them we you compliment. We compliment everybody that comes up. There you go. Older people, you know. There you go. It's good. We spin. card everybody. Yeah. What people don't realize about IDing people is that it's not the front of the license, it's the back of the license. Because the back of the license can have alcohol restrictions on it. That uh, yeah. cannot consume alcohol, do not serve. That can be on your driver's license. And that's what we're responsible for. So, you know, you get, you'll get that, you know, you'll get the, the, the people that are kind of thrilled and laugh about it and say, hey, thanks. You know, then you'll get the ones that give you the old, you've got to be kidding me. You know, well. No, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and if you call me names, <laughs> you're going to have to go to the next bar because uh, it's not going to happen. But, yeah, so th- and, and I've noticed this year, more than years in the past, um, a slightly higher percentage of people that are, are kind of owly. Really? Yeah, yeah. just kind of. A little more of an edge. To yeah, them. I don't know if it's they've been cooped up for yeah. too long or what it is. But I've always said 99% of the people that are out here, want to be here today tomorrow yesterday whenever they want to be out they're happy they're they're going to go see they're going to get the foods they get Mm -hmm. every year they're going to drink our s'mores beer and dill pickle beer and they've been waiting for it for you know two years now but then there's that one percent usually male and usually the guy whose wife dragged him out here against his will and he gets to our place and realizes he can get some beer, so it makes him happy. Then he finds out he has to stand in line for two and a half minutes, mm. and that is a big stretch. And <laughs> it's just go, hey man, you know, you're you're just like everybody else, you know. Yeah, you'll we'll get you a beer as soon as you get to this part of the line. It's going to be thirty seconds. You will you will pay, receive, and be drinking Boom. thirty seconds. Okay, we can't do much better than that. I'm sure you've been asked this question a thousand times, but I feel smart for thinking about it now. Would you rather eject a player or eject a patron out from your? Uh, what would you say is the easier move to do? Good question. Oh wow, um, probably a player, mainly because you never know what you're getting out here. Yeah, you know, I mean, is somebody going to take a swing at me? Yeah, is right. he going to come back with friends or you know? The league that, can't find him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. The player thing is never never reaches the point of it being personal or physical. Or, you might get or sand like. on your shoes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he might, you know, say he's going to burn your house down or something. But <laughs> out here, they they just yeah. yeah I, I'm concerned about the nutcase out here a little mm. bit more because they they don't screen them when they come through the gate. You know, we just assume that everybody <laughs> everybody. Yeah, they're not holding a sign yeah. that says I'm I'm dangerous. Yeah, exactly. We do have metal detectors here now, but I noticed you know I was able to get through it the other day with a with a wine bottle opener corkscrew that has a little <laughs> knife on it. So if that didn't tip it off, I'm not so sure I'm feeling safe with what they've got. I think it might be for show, but yeah, the the player definitely, and I you know I. It get, the adrenaline gets a little pumped up, you know, when, when there's a possible confrontation there. But it's funny because usually the guy or the person, but it's usually a guy that gets lippy, their friends abandon them. They, they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they, just, they, 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 they turn they, like, I, or, don't, I or, don't know them. Or they laugh because we'll give them a line back. You know, when the guy called me something yesterday, you know, I said, well, I get that a lot. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> don't feel special. Can you humor? Do you, do you try to use humor at all 
to disarm them? Is that ever effective? That's always my first go-to, always. And it, it works 99% of mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can tell now the, the look on a person's face that, they're, <laughs> that my answer is not going to be what they want to hear anyway. And, uh, well, let's just yeah. bite the bullet. That's all you can do. <laughs> Uh, former Major League Baseball umpire Tim Cheetah is with us here from the Great Minnesota Get-Together. He'll be here for most of this hour. And uh, let's get a break in. Let's stay on schedule. And we'll, we've got a lot to talk about in, regarding Major League Baseball, some of Tim's memories from here at the fair, and also uh, umpiring very effectively for how many years? 30 years. 30 years. That is a very, very good run. We'll continue with him. And as I mentioned, Cake Show with Guardsy will follow at 11. We will get into plenty of football conversation in the 10 o'clock hour, maybe even with Tim in the 9. He may have some thoughts about the Vikings as we finally get, uh, we approach the start of the football season, which I think opens (coughs) officially on Thursday night nationally. Back in just a couple minutes on a beautiful morning here at the Podcasts. Back from the fair, Tim Cheetah is indeed back with us, former Major League Baseball umpire. He reminds us for uh, the better part of 30 years. You're also a baseball fan. Yes. And um, I'm curious to get your view on what we're going to do to fix your favorite baseball team because it's um, there's some issues right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm going out on any kind of a limb at this point, uh, mm-hmm. particularly as it pertains to the to the rotation uh the other day uh frankie sweet music viola got in the middle of it mm-hmm. tweeted out some frustration about the current i guess you could say direction of the club um what do you see well you know even in the recent success they've had with the new regime in there they they haven't had a top of the rotation starter no they haven't they haven't you know you, you, teams that win in the major leagues, you have Max Scherzer, or you have uh, you know Garrett Cole, or somebody. You know Barrios is good. Um, Maeda is good. They're solid. They belong in the major leagues, and they belong in a starting rotation, but not for a championship team at the top. And uh, you know, I mean, Barrios, every, he's a very popular player. You know, popular throughout the league, teammates, yeah. everything else. But he never really lived up to his to his billing. You know, I mean, every time he would show, mo- uh, you know, moments of brilliance and you go, here he is, and right. he made the all-star team, and they'll say, congratulations, mm-hmm. good for you. But he, as of yet, has not taken it to the to the level they expected. And uh, I'm sure, I mean, I don't mean to speak for those people, but I think they would tell you the same right. thing, or, or at least behind closed doors. That's probably why they traded him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, you have to have, you have to have, at least one of those guys in your rotation, and then you got to have probably three in your rotation that would be solid number twos on any other team, right? Or solid even maybe ones mm-hmm. on on maybe lower division teams, but guys that are good for six innings. I mean, if you're sending guys out there every night that are fighting to get through four or four and a half innings, you're not going to win. You're just not. And and I think their uh, their their bullpen plan for the year just whatever could go wrong Did. went wrong. Yeah. You know, there was just one after the other after the other after the other, and and you know that when that starts early and and they all of a sudden they're they're re racking after three weeks, 
of what they thought this guy was slotted for this role, this role, this role, this role, all of a sudden they had to start over. Uh, that that permeates. That, that that's when the 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 club all starts thinking maybe we're not that good and oh what are we going to do and then the then the offense tries to overcompensate and and you get out of balance and uh, it's it's tough road to you know come back from. You know I, I've said this many times that I think. Uh, of all the executive sports positions that I, I think baseball general manager might be the, uh, at least in one way, the toughest and the one I'd be least inter- interested in being involved in because, as you know, uh, especially as I think it pertains to the bullpen, um, the, the, the degree of, I guess you could say, the swings in, a, in an average relief pitcher, even in occasionally above-average relief pitcher's performance from year to year, is ridiculous. Yes. Now, the best of the best, they're going to be. That's why they're the best of the best. But sometimes, you know, I look at the moves they made, and some of them, I think, on paper made sense. Some of them were trying, again, to go on the cheap too much. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this, as you know, is there's, there doesn't even seem to be any rhyme or reason from year to year why a lot of relievers, the guy who was – had a 5.23 ERA one year, turns around and he's a 270 and is the talk of the league the next year. Well, how many of them are out there right now that were here within the last three years? Like, well, Liam Hendricks comes to mind. Right. One, um, uh, the name escapes me, but there's like three or four yes, guys that right. they've had in the last three years that are lighting it up out there Correct. for somebody else. And, uh, you know, I, I, Romo. Romo's Romo. another one where everything yeah. was done and, yeah, and, exactly. and he's, he's, he's resurrected again. Um. Yeah, you know, some the the analytic thing can can but come back and yeah. bite you maybe harder than anything else, you know. Um, but you know, you you look at their team and you go position by position. All right, what have you got? Because to win at the major league level, you need you need ten major league everyday players on your team. Your first guy off the bench, at least, and maybe your mm-hmm. second guy have to be players who would be everyday players on other teams. If you don't have that, those numbers, you're, you're not going to get to the dance. It's just not going to happen. And how many do they have? I don't really want to name names. Fans can decide yeah. that for themselves. Right. I like this guy, that guy. You know, Polanco is obvious. I mm-hmm. think Kepler, Kepler's obvious. Um, then now you can look at player X or player Y and think, all right, what do you think? You know, uh, The shortstop, uh, okay, good player. Um, but hasn't, hasn't been hasn't what he was done, supposed to be. Not here. So not, what, not what they expected. Right. Um, Donaldson hasn't really been. Now he's no. he's hitting well now. Yeah. But he hasn't been consistently the guy that you know for, he did. He's not. He has not played or been available like a former MVP. No. And and, um, and when he's there, does he really have an impact? Yeah. Eh, game here. Yeah, game there. Right. You know. So that's where they are. I think. Would you sign the the key question? Obviously, now is what you do. With Buxton, I yeah. I'm willing to go farther than I really believe you should, just out of necessity, given how how barren things are otherwise. But you know he has not proven he can be healthy to this yeah. point. So how far are you how far are you willing to go on on Buxton? I'm willing to go pretty far. Still, I I just everything that's there. He's the fastest player I've ever seen. You know, from like second to home or first to third. Still, and yeah. you know he's not getting any younger. Right, but. He's such a talented kid, man. He 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 just is, and you know, it, it, his hitting is now hitting is not an issue with him anymore. It's right. a matter of being able to get into the batter's box to hit. Right. Uh, so you just you just sit there and watch and go, man. 
I, I couldn't give up on him. I, there's there's still a huge year, at least one or two sitting there. That if he can just stay healthy, oh, and then you know even like uh, the guy he replaced, Aaron Hicks, same thing. You know, every time you thought he was right there and ready to do it, he either got hurt or he just went south. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that the Aaron Hicks situation is in the back of their mind when it comes to Buxton. Probably kept Hicks too long. Uh, all they could do was trade him. Didn't get anything for him, and then he has yeah. a pretty decent run in New York, but he's hurt all the time, mm-hmm. too. So, you know, that, that injury bug, man, I don't know where it came from because back when I was working and, you know, you didn't see that many players going down, that's for sure. Well, it is an interesting. We, we've had this conversation with a lot of people in a lot of sports, Glenn Mason as it pertains to football, and, and it is, you know, we, obviously there's more knowledge than ever. The training regimens are much more diligent than they ever were yeah. back in the day. Um, I can still remember. <laughs> I can still remember being as a youngster going to Wrigley Field, being devastated to to happen to spot a Cubs player. I don't know if it was Santo. But I don't remember who it was smoking a cigarette in the corner oh, yeah. of the dugout. You know, <laughs> which is you know you didn't even it's not even a possibility. A, a I don't cup think. of what may have been yeah, coffee is his other and <laughs> something else laced with it, and that is the great. I guess contradiction is we got people in better shape. We got, you know, uh, they're hiring trainers that their full-time job is to just fix and maintain the bodies of these players. Some of them have their own, many of them. And it seems as if we've got more problems than we ever did. Yeah, I I kind of attribute some of it. Believe it or not, this may sound crazy, but the games are so darn long. You know, when you're out there now standing half the time for a, you know, four-hour and ten-minute, eight-and-a-half-inning game, <laughs> you know, your body's going to be tightening up yeah. back. and forth. You're spending the whole night just getting loose again for your next at-bat. Then they go up there with all this strength that they have now, and they generate this swing. When the body's been sitting for 45 minutes, you're bound to pull something. Yeah, good point. You know, doing that. So I think that I think it contributes. You know, when they played – Two hour and ten minute games. It was in and out and in and out. And they also didn't. Uh, oh, if a guy goes to bat four times a game, he's going to look at 35 pitches. He's going to foul some off because they, they focus in on every at bat. Mm. They don't give away an at bat anymore. That's that. Those days are long. Right. long. So, you know, again, for you know, taking thirty swings falling balls off, taking pitches, stepping out, doing all that stuff, versus what used to be 10 pitches or 11 pitches over the course of a game, it all adds up. You know, there's no, there's no silver bullet here that's, that's the direct cause, but there's about seven or eight that are strong contributing factors, and they, they need to be addressed. And, and uh, if they don't, they're, they're not going to be able to reverse anything here. How do you do it? You know, there's no clock. There's no, uh, there's no real way to speed things up. Uh, I think the, I think the most contributing culprit is the strike zone itself, is smaller than it's ever been. Why is that? Because of all this electronic stuff you see on all the networks. First of all, it's given, been given instant credibility that it's a hundred percent accurate. All right. 
So now the way that you watch hit, watch a game nowadays, you watch a hitter take a pitch, and according to that TV, that ball was you know that far outside. He responds as if it's a foot. You know, you, you right. now you aren't that good. All right, don't right. give me that. You know, they're just taking the chance that hey, it's that close to the edge. It's probably outside, and I'm going to complain about it. Okay, so. You you add those things up. Yeah. You know the umpire can't do anything with it if it's a nine to two game. Which when I first came up, it was our responsibility to keep that game going, keep it moving. The team that was down didn't want to. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to burn up pitchers to right. get beat. They they said let's re rack and play tomorrow. But now, when all your hitters when you're down by seven are going up there and they're fighting pitches off, they're taken because they won't they won't sacrifice that at bat. His team has to use three pitchers at 25 pitches yeah. per guy to still get their high knees kicked. You know? And then tomorrow, they don't have anybody ready for tomorrow. So because they get, they they get kicked that so day. It, it just the rolls. Cycle. It, it, just, it's, it never ends. And I, I've always said this, that I think the hitters contribute to the, to the pace of game more than anything. If you watch pitchers nowadays, this new generation of pitchers came up through the minor leagues that had a system of... Of uh, they had to stay on the dirt. There was a time limit as to when they get the ball to the time that they that they re, they deliver a pitch. Um, watch them now. They they don't leave the rubber. They're ready to go now. It's, it's put, more the hitters. Put the onus on the hitter. Yeah. Get them in there. And uh, overall, what's it going to gain mm, time wise per game? I don't know. On a good day, maybe fifteen minutes. On a on an average day, maybe five to ten. Yeah. All right. Is that a huge difference? No. But if it, conti- it contributes, if it can, and if it continues, and you get yeah. that to be the modus operandi, <clears throat> the game is better. There's nothing wrong with a three hour and ten minute game. I agree if totally. If it's competitive, exactly right. If it's competitive, that's you know people who love baseball love bonus baseball. But watching a uh, watching a eleven to two game take four hours and twelve minutes is. I'm sure you're not tuned in at the end of that thing. You've you've long gone on to uh, you know watching reruns of Blue Bloods. Or, you know. <laughs> Tim Cheetah is with us from the State Fair. You and I have talked about this a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, over the years, and part of the exasperating, um, I guess, part of it for me is that I just felt like there was almost more of an internal clock that both hitters and pitchers had. In the game I saw in the 60s and even the 70s, and maybe even the 80s, you can speak to as we get you know fur- closer to, to now. That's the part I don't get, and I guess it's the gradual thing. that li- it, it didn't happen overnight, but little by little, you have more hitters who imitate other hitters. Yeah. They see them, and they go, I'm adjusting every part of my uniform and every pad I'm wearing, and this is what I'm now conditioned to do, and they're allowed to do it, and then the next guy does it, and the next guy, and as you say... It adds up. It, it's, it sends, the problem I have with it all is it sends a message of arrogance to me that we don't really care about your time, and, as in yeah. fans' time. It's Absolutely. like, you know, baseball's long, man. Right. It's a long season, which people accept as part of the charm of it, but within reason. And that's the part that, that really bugs me. It's like, have some respect for the possibility that there are people there who... Um, don't want to have to be there four hours every every time you play, or watching for four hours every time you play. Basically, the game now is played one pitch at a time. Yeah, one yeah. pitch at a time. In a in a uh, you know previous days, a starting pitcher was good for at least a hundred. 
to 120 pitches, and he delivered them. You know, with the, the two guys, you, you you could see 250 pitches in a two, yeah. hour, two hour and ten minute window. All right, now the 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 instruction they get from the pitching coach is okay. Get a deep breath. Think about your pitch, and they, they're they're doing all this this pre stuff, yeah. Yeah. and and it's it's 30 seconds between pitches, and then. The hitters are doing the same thing. They're playing it one pitch at a time. Oh, my goodness. When I was umpiring, Marty Springstead was our supervisor. Marty was a 30-year veteran major league umpire in the American League. He hired me, actually. And uh, he, used to, he used to say, I wish I could get everybody on the staff, every one of my umpires, a shift in the press box for like three days to watch just the umpires on the field. Watch what looks good, what looks bad, what you should, what you shouldn't be doing. Just watch it, and you'd be surprised how many bad habits you would shake because you never see yourself. Somebody Now you see something else, and you go, you know, I do that, and that really looks bush. I, I shouldn't be doing that. That, that does not look professional. Uh, the guys shouldn't be uh, shooting the breeze between innings every half inning. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I really, truly believe that every player, you know, eight at a time should have to go sit upstairs in that press box and watch the entire Great idea, actually. And watch it. Or go sit in the stand and watch it and tell me how long it's going to be before you want to go to your car. (laughs) I'm serious. It just, they're never forced to watch it because they're just focused on their own little area, their own little square and they need to collectively, as a union, get together and realize that, I mean, I, I will love baseball forever, but they've got to realize that their product is not going in the right direction at all. And it needs to be a collective effort on the part of management, players, coaches, media, you name it. you all got to get on the same page and, and you know, drink the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> because it's not happening right now. Uh, let's get one more break in, and we'll ask um, Tim Cheetah to mull over this question when we come back. If he were named commissioner for a day, maybe he's already answered the question to a certain degree, <laughs> if he were named commissioner for a day, what would be his first three moves to try to get this game back to a better place, or maybe even addressing other issues as well? We're continuing with him from the State Fair. Don't forget, uh, Guardsy between 11 and 1 o'clock. Lots of football conversation coming up in the second hour of Sunday sermons as well. Don't on the fan. On her racetrack and friends, everybody got a clap in their hands. Seem like a long way from Union Station. On her racetrack and friends, everybody started to dance. I was a long way from home to the vibration. Another segment with former Major League Baseball umpire Tim Cheetah joining us from the grandstands. This is the only time of day, Tim, when the fact that we don't have an awning uh, is not that exasperating to our uh, viewers. Although to our left, there's a little sun over there, but they're they're braving it out. Uh, out. Uh, that's been my dream is to have an awning put on. Get your own awning. To the point where now people are basically um, pointing at me and saying, well, you, you've talked about it forever. Why don't you pay for it? <laughs> and I'm not quite that magnanimous, yeah. I guess, to this point. You're one step away. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a good way to put it, one step away. So you're commissioner okay. for a day. All right. Or maybe even well, a couple of days. I just got a raise in pay. That, yeah. That's for sure. Um, what are you going to do? What, what, are the, what are the things you say, that's do, the things that are doable that you think 
could make change in the right direction, whether it's the, the ball, the game on the field itself, or other stuff that you think need to be addressed? Well, I started writing some things down, and uh, I had a lot to write down after you asked me that question. <laughs> um, then I, then I kind of condensed it. I think the first thing, and by the way, we're up to 23 people in the audience, so we're, we're gaining. We're building. Yeah, we're gaining. Since, yeah, that's it. Since kickoff oh, yeah. uh, 41 minutes ago. It's, it's always a, the shade if, if the awning would have been the, here. Isn't that how you do Who knows? it? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. And it's a late arriving crowd here. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the Lakers. Like, and, exactly. You know, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah. Don't forget, you, get, you can't leave early, though. You've got to stay till <laughs> the bitter end. I, I would start with um, the, the, the televising of the game itself, the, the, the box that they use to evaluate whether or not they think a pitch is a ball or a strike. Uh, first of all, the technology that is in place for that differs from network to network sure um there's all different brands of it and it's it, it has spread so rapidly that there's there's different websites out there where uh there's a twitter guy that has a thing every day uh, uh umpire dan barrero was responsible for the worst strike call yesterday and out of 15 games and you know yeah. eight thousand pitches right. he called a strike that was 2.7 inches outside According to what? According to your technology, which is one that you developed in your basement and gave it 100% credibility. All right? I'm all about technology. Technology is the greatest thing in the world as long as it's accurate. Or that there is a respectable, fair margin of error because there is a margin of error. Let's go back how many years to um, – a GPS. When you had, yeah, you know, you, right. Right, you could buy a GPS item at the store, sure. and it would provide you with this much information. And then, you know, you could it's uh, you could buy a watch, and then you could put it on it's on your phone, and now it's actually built into your car. You know, there's there's countless different forms and uses for it. How accurate is it? All right, you plug in an address to go somewhere. Okay, is that going to get you into the garage? Is it going to get you into the kitchen, or is it going to get you across the street in the neighbors, but they go, you have arrived at your destination. Okay, I can see my destination. Right. I really haven't arrived there yet. <laughs> so, okay, it did its job. That's fine. I'm not lost, and I can get home. Right. All those things. But, okay, you're talking balls and strikes here. You're, you're talking, you know... This this type of accuracy. All right, if if we're you know if we're bombing somebody in Afghanistan, all right, that you know a, a half a block is going to work. Is it, is it, it's going to do yeah, the job. Right. But okay, balls and strikes is is pretty pretty, you know. Yeah. Precise. Um. So. I think they should eliminate all of it. In it, it, it does nothing to enhance the telecast. It, do you, no, it just drives people insane. Yeah, do you tune, do you tune in to watch it? It does. It just aggravates people. Or it it says somebody can say, "Yeah, see, I told you it was a strike." You know, the umpire is the one that's going to tell you, yes or no, because even if that thing does say it's in or out, it's not going to change it. Right. And if you think that that em, employing a electronic umpiring system is going to help, my goodness, it, it's just going to add to all this this ridiculousness that's already there. I think it shouldn't be allowed. I think the team should not have access to it. I will say this in defense of technology and in, in uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the responsibility of umpires. Every home plate umpire, after every 
home plate game by 10 a.m. the next day on the umpire website, which is Major League Baseball has all kinds of information. I can log in. Actually, I'm required to log in and look at my score from the previous right? day. Yeah. And they are all evaluated on the same system that is, you know, something shaped similar to this. Mm-hmm. Strike zone isn't like this. It's more like that. And then with each pitch that is evaluated by that system, there's called a buffer zone on it. And the buffer zone is one inch on each side of the plate. So if the pitch hits any In part, any part yeah. of that, um, it's either going to be marked correct, incorrect, or acceptable. So if you're in the buffer zone, you're acceptable, uh, which, is, which means you won't get marked wrong for it. So right now, every umpire in the Major League staff is operating at a, about 97% accuracy with this system that they all use, which is the same in every ballpark. That is anywhere between five to seven pitches per nine-inning game. Um, I don't think you. I don't think it's necessary to go to an electronic system to cover up for you know anywhere between five no. to nine pitches. It's not. That's not the problem. Okay. We become now, in part obsessed by the problem because of the way it's covered, yeah. and and it it feeds on itself, and so we're we're concentrating on as you say a relatively few number of pitches that yeah get missed, but that you just go. Okay, uh, that that's part of the deal. Yeah. I there's a part of me that would like to see us go to the electronic strike zone to prove the point that I don't think it would change anything. You know as well as I do, right. there'd be players who go, I don't care what they said, that's wrong. That, yeah, the machines. Just, it's yeah. just the machines wrong. Right. It, it, there's no way. Just to prove the point that <clears throat> not, that nothing is going to change whether you do that or not. Human nature is such that accepting the possibility that they just blew it or that there are going to be some that are just off. Um, it's it, it's I don't think you're going to change human nature, are you? And there have been days, even when I was working, that uh, they would they would uh, inform me by text or email or whatever that uh, that the ZE evaluation system was not working properly in Milwaukee last night, so your score was thrown out. So even the best technology right. fails, and when technology fails, it crashes. An umpire is going to fail on a pitch here or a pitch there, not for three innings, not for, and I say this, and I say this with all sincerity and with true belief that major league umpires do not have bad games. They have bad moments. They have difficult at bats where a particular guy is maybe crowding the plate. They're pitching him in and you're just not getting a good look at that pitch and you may miss two in his at bat. But if you, when it all shakes out and at the end of the day, your numbers are going to be 96 to 97% accurate. It may have been a, a crucial at-bat. I'll yeah, give it that. that. Right. And it may have right. resulted in an yeah. extra strike, that and he got a home run yeah. or whatever. That, that will happen. But that, that balances itself out over time. So It's part of the game, I yeah. would say. The Brett, next, the next part. Before you get to the no, next, Brett had a yeah, question. Yeah, and yeah. You get yeah, yeah. Speaking other. of commissioner moves, one of the biggest stories in baseball is the the foreign substances, the spider tack, the checking, the glove, and the hat, and you know wherever they hide the spider tack. If you were a commissioner, are you pro these checks because there's oh they can control the ball better if they have spider tack, but also it's an unfair advantage. Some people would say as well. Where do you stand on that? I'm not pro on the inspection. I'm pro on what they're allowed to use, and I think uh, I I've always felt that a certain amount of grip that is more than rosin is 
should be available to pitchers. And that's just because balls are so slick. They're not, the seams aren't nearly as good as what they used to be. And these guys all throw 98 to 103 miles an hour. That's dangerous. And and if the ball's slipping out of your hand, you know, they don't want it slipping. You're not seeing a bunch of guys out there with these devastating curveballs because of this grip. You know, it's not, it's not overtaking anything. Um, so I think they should be allowed to have something. And it, but it should all be this one product, agree on one right, product, right. what it is, and that's it. Well, because now we have, like, the spin rate counts, too. So you can see, like, yeah. oh, well, Kershaw's curveball now has 5,000 or whatever number. 5,000 more yeah. revolutions per second. Uh, than he did before the spider tackers. It's still it's all part of the charm of baseball, right? Which, which was what last year, you know, two, yeah. year, two years ago. It really started. He, coming, like, he all of a sudden got good, or he got yeah, better. Right. Uh, it, it's 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 given way too much yeah. uh, weight to it, um, and rather than you know, rather than try to police this whole thing, I look. I think it looks silly. I think the umpires umpires are dedicated, career long professionals, and to to lower them to to this duty strip search i mean basically give me a break yeah. you know it, it's just like you know it, first of all you're gonna you're gonna pick apart a poor guy on television because of this but then you're gonna say oh by the way in between innings you have to go over and do that <laughs> you know right pretty soon they're gonna find out they're gonna have trouble getting people to do this job because of the, there's so many more things involved mm-hmm Another, so it, another baseball recommendation? My next one is, and it kind of re- relates to this a little bit, is um, I don't believe that either the offense or the defense should have uh, access to video of the game they're playing. You would be amazed. The next time you watch a game or you're at a game, take a look when a team is off the field and they're in the dugout. There's, there's five guys in there. <laughs> the rest of them are up looking at yeah. the video of their previous at-bat or checking something about their swing, or, you know, all right, first of all, you can't do that in golf, okay? If you're on a golf course and you're on the first hole and the driving range is right next door to you and there's a driving range ball in the fairway, mm-hmm. if you walk over and you hit that back into the range, that's a two-stroke penalty. And if you're in a tournament, you're disqualified because you're practicing during play, and there's no exception to the rule. Now, these guys will go down, they'll jump in the batting cage between at-bats, turn it up to 98 because they got some 98-mile-an-hour guy coming in there. That's an advantage. That, I don't think that should be allowed. You know, that's part of the competition. Hey, right, I'm, I'm, right. Better, I'm better than you. That's it. And uh, um, they shouldn't be able to look, a pitcher shouldn't be able to look at his, uh, at his mechanics. If you know he's struggling, if his arms down here, you know what? That's what your pitching coach is for, and that's what you're trained to do. And you need to do it on your own. You know, video or get to it after the game or after the, the game, the next day off. Come in tomorrow, yeah. we'll work right. on it. Yeah. But you should not be allowed to do that during the competition. And the other thing that contributes to, I do believe, is that hitters can adjust to pitchers a little bit faster, and that's part of why they only can go four to five innings now because that third time through the lineup thing, it's not because it's the third time through the lineup. It's the batters now have two at-bats under their belt and have looked at 
everything the sure. guy's got, right. see what it does, see what they did, and that third time's a charm. Well, you see that in football all the time. Like if you know Kirk Cousins throws a pick, what's he going to do? He's going to walk over the sidelines, going to pick up the, the sponsored surface, and yep. see, oh, well, here's the coverage, and here's what it was. Is that any different, or is it specifically to baseball that you're – Well, it's not different you for him. Prop- well, yeah. I knew it was well, coming. Yeah. I just <laughs> I, I walked into right that one. I mean, you, te- that you, teed, that, you teed that up so early. Oh, yeah. Brilliantly done. <laughs> No, it was all it was all planned before the show. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> we're not that good. <laughs> um, is it different? No, I don't. I don't think that should be allowed either. Okay, on any sport. No, uh, one. Okay, uh, uh, diagrams and clipboards and all that kind of thing. Sure, but it's all should be manual. It shouldn't be uh, electronic with with that kind of depth to it. I, I think I, I just don't think it's well. Be plus, allowed. I think baseball though it is it's more intensive than any well, other absolutely. sport by far. Is to your point, I think that's that's part of a little bit of the difference. Um, we're running out of <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice, running out of time here. Um, I think I've asked you this before, but I'll, nevertheless, it, it's been a while. Um, over the course of the time you were an umpire, you get to know fans, you get to know cities, etc. So, in your mind, who did who, what? Baseball fans, did you view as relative maybe to some others that th- those are really well educated to the game of baseball fans? Were there certain markets, certain cities that come to mind? Yes. Certain fan bases? Uh, Boston and the two New Yorks and probably Philadelphia. Interesting. Um, and I, I could, it took me a long time to figure out why I felt that way and what was the contributing factor, but. Uh, a good friend of mine, you know, Bostonians, you, you know, people from Boston, the East Coast, they're, they're, they're very passionate about being from there, for one thing. And, and of course, they're not shy about telling you that either. But <laughs> no, um, I, I could never figure out why things always felt more intense in Fenway Park and in Yankee Stadium and, and in the old Shea Stadium and now City Field. And then I realized that that. If you're working home plate and you got runners on second and third, the Mets are up or the Yankees are the side or whomever, um, and that pitcher gets like right here, the whole place goes quiet. It goes quiet, totally silent. It's not everybody. They don't have to put sound signs up that say right. "Make noise, stand up." Here, <laughs> they don't do that. They don't have to do that. They get dead quiet. Why? Because they're watching the game. They're watching the pitch. And as an umpire, I couldn't. And all of a sudden. Pitch hits, and you call it, and the place goes crazy. And finally figured out they're watching the game. They're watching the game the whole time. You know, Chicago, Wrigley Field, everybody should go to Wrigley Field sometime in your lifetime, but it's still the world's largest outdoor tavern, and there's a, there's a ball game going on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just the way it is. Uh, Target Field fans, Twins fans are very, very good, but they, they got a little bit of the Minnesota nice in them going on. You know that that they're they're even okay if the twins lose. You know seven to five as long as they played a good game, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> but that those the 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 Philly, New York, and Boston was very very noticeable, and and it's not even as much as it used to be because you used to a friend of mine again from Boston always said you could you could sit out in front of the stadium and everybody walking in. And ask them a question. They could tell you who the starting pitchers were that day, what their ERA was from both teams. Sure, you know they knew the rosters, they knew everything. They didn't have the, they didn't have it on their computer, they didn't have it on their phone, or they, they, it was right here. And uh, I still think it's that way, but it's not as much as it was in the past. But those places were clearly, and you know they had they had many more newspapers out there 
so there was more coverage available. You know, you had, you know, you had the Daily News, you had the Times, you had the Post in New York and and Boston. Yeah. You got the Herald and the uh, and the uh, Globe. Globe. Um, so so you had two. You had a lot a lot of coverage in those places, and people devour their newspapers on the East Coast. They, they two last it. items for you. We yes, could go sure. forever. I appreciate you giving us the hour. Um, the uh, Mets story got a lot of attention where a number of the Mets players, uh, Javi Baez included, they were doing the bit where they were going thumbs down to the fans. Yeah. Whenever things went well, that was their protest to the fans, booing and being frustrated with them. And interestingly, the, the, the owner of the Mets and Sandy Alderson, who runs them, Alderson came out with this press release basically excoriating the players, basically saying, look, we're, we're in New York, fans boo, we're not playing well we got to learn to deal with it. I found it very refreshing because generally I think, especially in this day and age, executives feel the obligation to, I've got to back my guys, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're frustrated. But I thought it was a, a, an important message that he was trying to send, which it necessarily wasn't, I think, we're, we're condoning abuse of our players. Right. But when it comes to booing, when it comes to responding to what's happening, this, that's all sort of part of the, the deal. How did you see that whole thing? Well, I worked for Sandy for a while. He was uh, he was my boss in between stints with Oakland and then and then uh, going That's to right. New York. Yeah, um, he is. You know where he stands. He, he's he's a, he's not always your favorite guy, but he's a good boss and and he's very predictable. Um, the fact is, it's real simple. Not everybody can play in New York, and <laughs> uh, some yeah. some some players are just soft when it comes to criticism. And when it comes to some others, they, they, they thrive on it. They thrive on it. Jer- Derek Jeter thrived on it. Don Maddox, you know, it didn't bother them. C.C. Sabathia, um, trying to think, Ron Guidry, yeah. you know, going back. A lot of these guys, they loved that part of it. They loved being right there in the middle of it all. And there's others like, you know, Roberto Alomar went there. It killed. He couldn't wait to get out of there. Some, some of them just, they, you know, there's 30 reporters in your face every day after every game. And some guys, you know, are used to being coddled and, and, you know, the old pat on the butt versus the foot in the butt kind of thing. Um, and, you know, these two guys, <laughs> they're, they're not cut out for New York. And if the, if the Mets are smart, they'll move them fast because they're not, they're not going to change. They're not going to be able to adjust to it. And now all of a sudden it's going to be a love fest. No, they're, they're, they're not destined for success in that city. And, it's not going to happen. And between the two of them, they make like half a billion yeah. dollars. Yeah, I mean. Literally, or yeah. a little more, actually. Right. Um, last item. What, uh, give me, do you know the date of the last Major League game you umpired? Um, or the year? Uh, yeah, it was 2012. Uh, so it's been nine years. Nine. It was uh, late. I think it was a. Either late August or early September or something like okay. that. Okay. I was concussed at the time, so it was the date is a little fuzzy. I have to look it up. Even to this uh, day. Yeah. So that's yeah. so basically we're talking about almost ten years now. Yeah. Do you miss it? No. I miss uh I miss the guys. I miss the locker room, the camaraderie, the action on the field to a certain degree. But um traveling, absolutely not. Um I don't think I could work for the people that are in charge anymore. Uh, there's just too many lawyers and too many non-baseball people in baseball positions that that have the view that w- we can get anybody to manage. We can get anybody to umpire. That, you know, yeah. you're not part of the family anymore. You're just a hired gun and take it or leave it type of attitude. There's no real, you know, players and umpires used to get along much better than they do now. But today's players are so spoiled. 
that if you say something to them, you're going to hear from their agent and their wife and their mother and, and, and the organization and everybody else. Um, so that part, no. Uh, but anybody out there, whenever you retire, you're always you're always going to miss the people you see every day. That that's that's a big part of your your total existence. You know that's the hardest part to give up. Um, I just hope that they they can bring the game back to a level of popularity that it has had in the past. Because I mean, you know, when I first broke in, believe it or not, nineteen I first came up a little bit in '84. At the end of that season, the cover of Sports Illustrated had a a, a panned picture of Wrigley Field that was sold out, and that's right when the Cubs started their popularity. The WGN sure. thing—they were yeah. the only them and the Braves, the only two teams televised every Super day. Superstations, exactly. And it was uh, the headline said 15 million. And Major League Baseball had surpassed 15 million in attendance, which was so far beyond what they ever ever would have anticipated. They they never thought they'd see that number again, and that was just the beginning. And each year past, I don't even know what the number is now, but, you know, I mean, the team here who's not going to do too well is probably going to still hit $2 million or close to it 30 times. That, you know, you're talking $60 million. You're talking 70 million yeah. people, you know, world, right. you know, nationwide. So i just love to see more people, uh, uh, the game, again, realizing that you have to go to the fan instead of the, trying to get the fan to come to you. And I think, I think they're missing the boat. I think they really, really need to address that. Thanks for giving us a great hour. Oh, you always, always do. Fun. You never disappoint. Tim Cheetah, ladies and gentlemen, former Major League Baseball umpire. Remind folks, I know you want yeah. them all to come oh, visit you absolutely. late, right? Yeah, you know, if you're heading out of the north end of the north end, uh, Northwoods part of the, just north of the big uh, Ferris wheel is Giggles Campfire Grill. We've only got 36 tap beers, craft, <laughs> craft beers to choose from, so we should be able to satisfy everybody. We also have wine coolers. We also have soft drinks. You don't have to drink and you don't have to eat. But it's a great venue because we have a big 50-by-50 50 50 covered pavilion. So if it gets a little hot at this afternoon you want to get out of the sun, you can certainly do that. We have a really nice live entertainer that can play all kinds of music during the day. And we have uh, a live band tonight. I can't remember who we I think we have a – we had tribute bands this year. Okay. We've got one that's called uh, Tomorrow's Petty. And they play oh, all Tom Petty. Okay. And they're, re- they're really good. So, uh, you know, if not today, tomorrow or next year or whenever, but uh, – uh, you know, we all should give ourselves a little pat on the back and a little clap for coming out to the fair and, you know, go home and tell your family and friends that we didn't die from showing up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully this is the last time we have to do anything. Go through it, uh, yeah. Go through It's hard to believe it's been two years I know. since it's you not. and I sat here, you know, it's two true. years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, your your hair is shorter than now. And <laughs> I, I decided to go natural blonde. I love it. So we're, uh, you know, we just keep moving on. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. <laughs> Tim Cheetah again. Thanks for helping All us right. out, Timmy. And uh, we'll get a, a break in here and talk a lot of football probably in the second hour of Sunday sermons when we come. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. We have uh, been really fortunate to have some really outstanding guests come to the fair over the decades, and um, Tim Cheetah has very quickly become one of our favorites. He is just, he's just a delight to be around, and 
Um, has, I think, strong opinions, which I like. You don't have to agree with all of them, obviously. Um, but he's also a really good storyteller. You know, and some days, sometimes we have him on, and that's what he's doing. He's telling stories. Sometimes he's, he's going in different directions. But it's been really a pleasure. And he's reminding me, you know, he and the late, great Vince Flynn, another guy who every year would be in this very booth to my left, um, they knew each other very well. And they bartended together for a while. And he reminds me that when Vince was writing his first book, he borrowed Tim Cheetah's cabin up north to sort of get away. So there's a lot of connections here. He was also showing me that on his phone, he still got Vince in there. And uh, I'm kind of the same. You know, you just, you, it's, some people like to, they, you know, they delete those names. But um, I'm kind of weird that way, too, where I just keep the names in. You know, there's a number of people who I continue to keep in there. Uh, we're at, at hour number two. Brett Blakemore, kind enough uh, to join us now. He's a regular on uh, Sunday sermons and will be, especially as we get into the uh, football season. Did you see one of my people are in the, in the crowd? Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not as brave. He doesn't look as obnoxious as many Packers fans. He, he just exudes. No. I don't think he exudes like- the same obnoxiousness. That a lot of Packers fans do. Not, no offense. Are, are you, what are you no, trying to no say? No offense. Well, okay. I think you made a good move, you know, easing your way into yeah. the State Fair, not starting with a Boyd Dowler jersey or something. Yeah. You don't even know who Boyd Dowler was, do you? He probably played with uh, Bart back Bart, in the day. Bart, back in the day, yeah. wide receiver, yeah, back in the, a long time ago. Don Hudson, um, other name? That, that's another one yeah. that goes way back. Um, so the second hour, uh, this hour, which we're starting a little bit late because I, it's hard not to go long with, um, you know, with, with, with uh, umpire immortality. Um, we'll talk a lot of football because now it's upon us. College football season has begun, obviously, um, not very well for the Gophers, but better, I must say. If you're, if you're evaluating losses, it went better for the Gophers than it did for my Hoosiers who um, went to Iowa and just got spanked. I mean, they just got... It was not ever a ball game. It was, I think they gave up two pick sixes. Uh, Penix, the quarterback who's been hurt a lot, was awful through three interceptions. Gophers at least, you know, I'm not putting up the commemorative print, but they at least made it interesting. They were even ahead at the half. You know, the Hoosiers were never in that ball game. Iowa uh, played very well. So college football has begun. And um, now we've got pro football. The season opener is Thursday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay against Dallas? Yep, that's right, in Tampa. Is that in Tampa? Yep. Okay. And uh, then the Vikings open a week from today against the Bengals. We'll have, of course, for noon games, we'll have one-hour sermon shows. They'll, they'll, yep. they'll fly right by. Who does your team open against, the Packers? Do you, I don't even remember. Uh, good question. I should really know that off the top of my head. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Who do they open? Oh, that's right. It's the Saints and Jacksonville. Saints, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, because they moved. You may lose your Packer card right I there. I might, without... yeah. Well, you put well, me on the spot. Well, it may I remember be... talking about it. Okay, but, yeah. well, beyond that, maybe you're showing that you're not an irrational Packers fan. You you're go. a little bit more civilized. Which I, I let me, let me ask you this. Now yes. that we're through week one of college football, yes. and the Big Ten did, and the SEC did too, where you, you don't start with a cupcake anymore. You start no? with yeah. the Gophers started with Ohio State, Iowa, Indiana, uh, and then the Penn State Badger game. Do you think that that's a good thing? Because, like, watching the Badger game, they kicked the ball all around the field like they yeah. didn't play a snap in preseason. It just was sloppy yeah. the whole first yeah. half. Uh, I think I'd rather see them open 
and in general teams open with a, a Bowling Green or a Northern Iowa just to get the kinks out before they work the Big Ten? It's a good question. Um, I I get your point. I kind of like the college football season starting with a bang uh, because I think it gets you thinking about it and talking about it and feeling it literally right from the get-go. But it does run the risk of, you know, uh, you're seeing teams that are just, just not one reason or another, just not prepared. But, I, I, you know, I tend to look at those games that we associate with the openers, usually the hyphens, the cream puffs, and it's almost like the season hasn't even really started and I'm not paying any attention. There was a lot of reason to pay attention in a lot of places the last several days because everybody or a lot of teams, most teams, uh, hit the ground running. So I'm willing to accept some lousy play. Wisconsin lost to Penn State. Yeah, is that right? Sixteen ten. And um, yeah, and I didn't watch. I saw a little bit of that game. It just looked like Wisconsin. I, I saw a, a fumble deep in Penn State territory. I think they they fumbled about real. six times. Is that right? Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So All they didn't like get off changes. Right. It did. It wasn't snaps. tight, as you said. Yep. But I almost. I. What do you guys think? I think getting it started quick with legitimate opponents, I think makes people feel like the season's actually begun. And if you run the risk of um, seeing some, your favorite team look a little sloppy, well, so be it. Play better. Get, you know, start your, start your sloppiness fix. earlier. Yeah, just take care of, uh, of business. And, and, you know, I'm just glad we're finally at a point now with the NFL where we're going to start playing games. Because I, I say this every year. But it's hard not to get really worn down by attempting to analyze a team that really hasn't put all its pieces together, its personnel together, for various reasons, injuries or trying to prevent injury. And it may matter. It may well be that the, la- the, 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 the lack of flow offensively is not just about Dalvin Cook not playing. It may be about other things, but we're not going to know until they're all out there. That, that, that's the only way I look at it. And we force ourselves to pretend that we know that, uh-oh, this is dangerous, this looks ominous. And it may be that some of those things are concerning, uh, particularly as it pertains to the offense, but we don't know because we just haven't had everybody out there. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just a me thing. I can barely get through watching even a quarter of preseason football. That's I don't, it just awesome. does, it yeah. doesn't do it for me. Week one, I'm locked right. in. Or I'll have a go to a bar and watch the red zone, or just yes. get an entire. But the preseason is just, it's it's so hard to care. Like I watched a few snaps of Packers Bills where mm-hmm. Bills are playing their entire team. They played their starters, yeah, yeah. and the Packers mm-hmm. didn't play exactly. a single starter, and it showed because they were horrible. Uh, and I just I literally clicked away instantly because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Well, there was some, let's get caught up because there was a inter- couple interesting quotes from Zimmer I want to talk about. Um, where he was sort of asked about all the kind of the, the, the soap opera developments on this team and whether they're ominous and whether that's a, those are signs that we're really not ready to play the season or once the season starts, it's not going to go very well. Uh, I got some thoughts on that, and we'll talk more uh, pro football as well. We will be here till 11, Cake Show 11 until 1 o'clock, and then Russo Radio, I think is right, isn't it Russo at 1? Yep, 1 to 3. Yep. 1 to 3. And I, is this the day Boudreaux is on with him? Yep. Uh, so it's by Bruce, phone, I Bruce think, right? Radio. I think he might be. Oh, he might actually come out? I think so. And then is the knocker coming on with him? I think he is. I know that they they were talking about it. I don't what know. I thought. Really I, yeah, we'll double-check to see if uh, Bill Maurice, who was on 
our first day at the fair. He was out at the fair. We met him for the first time after having him on free the air bike. 17 months. Yeah. And that was pre his bad accident, a uh, biking accident, where we basically went through a windshield. And is very fortunate that the injuries, as ugly as they looked in the photos that he has revealed, uh, were superficial and uh, not anything more serious than that. So maybe we'll get an update on that. And he'll return to us next week. I want to also, um, before we're done, remind you of our football lineup now that it's kind of set for each week during the National Football League season as well. Uh, we don't have uh, the Bradshaw and Brian inbox available to us out here, so if you have a comment, you can also always tweet, tweet me, Dan Barrero, KFAN. And we don't even have a microphone out I think front. we got this uh, in this corner here. Oh, is that one workable? I think so. We might even be able to include. We have no giveaways, Uh-oh. though, do we? I'm, well, actually, you know what? We do. We, we do give away those t-shirts. Yeah. Those t-shirts. Uh, remind me what those are. I think the those Snap are Fitness. Snap Fitness t-shirts. Which I think might be a great enticement. Who's to say? Um, so we can set up the microphone stand as well if you have any questions or observations or concerns as we continue on our last day at the fair because tomorrow is a best of day. It's emotional. It's going to be very emotional for 2021. It barely feels like we were here, but we were here every day other than the Saturday. So we'll come back with more from the state fair when we return. <laughs> Sunday Sermons continues on the fan about a half an hour or so to go of this program. Cake Show. I don't. Do you know, Brett, if uh, Cake Show's got any on studio on location? I guests? think he does. Oh, Ryan Burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right off the get go, if I'm not mistaken, he's got Burnsy uh, coming out, which makes all the sense in the world. Um, did you get a chance to watch much of uh, Gophers Ohio State by the way? I was, before I was we talk working pro, pro football. So, so okay. I was I was back at the station okay. doing it. So. It it was competitive until Mo until it wasn't and it, it was competitive until it wasn't. That's very well said. And I I understand the Twitter doctors and Guardsy's gotten on it about how everyone's a doctor now. Yes, but you you see that video, you know. Yeah, Let, let's be honest. We know exactly what happened. It doesn't take a doctor to see things separating and yes. popping and. Ugh. There's something ominous. You yeah, couldn't about look it. away though, huh? No, it was yep. hard to and and you know uh, he. He's obviously a very good running back. It has been a very good running back. It almost though looked like he was going into another gear because you're playing a great team, and he was more than up for it. I mean, it was he he that fourth down play obviously was the play that made it feel like it had a chance to be a ball game, right? And for a while, for a long time, was we talked about this a little bit on Friday, and I did on uh, the TV show. Enough said too. What you, the one thing I will say though to people who want to assume it's just Ohio State and they're very skilled is we gave up. Last year, endless big plays. I think the, the number I had was on 10 plays last season, we on average gave up 50 yards per play. So this defense being vulnerable to those kinds of huge gains that we saw and huge scoring touch, uh, scoring plays that we saw against Ohio State is not new. And that's the concerning part. That's what's going to have to change if you're going to uh, rebound from – last season where you took a step back from the uh, from the year before. Um, that's a continuation. And that's why, you know, when it comes to evaluating the Vikings, if your offensive line is still looking shaky, 
even if you're you don't have Dalvin Cook in the backfield and it's a preseason game, it's concerning because it's part of a pattern. You know, this offensive line has been shaky, certainly in terms of pass blocking for a while. You're still not starting the people that you intended to start uh, when when you after the draft. By in fact, really, this draft looks awful right now. Now we haven't played a game. In fairness, but in terms of anybody who's emerged where you go, wow, this guy looks like he's ready to be a factor from the get-go, the answer is zero. We have none out of this draft, which is a little bit uh, uh, concerning as, uh, as well. The other issue that people continue to talk about is the, the COVID concern, and we have still some very prominent players uh, it's not that we have players. We have very prominent players who are not vaccinated, and we may have the highest percentage in the, uh, in the league of those players. And, you know, there was a quote from uh, your guy, Josh McCown, hmm. questioning Cousins' leadership. You know, how, could you be a leader if you're not willing to get the vaccination because it's, it, it may make it more likely that you miss time than otherwise? And ordinarily I'd say I agree with him. The problem is a number of other Big name players are not vaccinated on this team, so I don't know that it's being held against him by against him by them because they're in the same boat. Dalvin Cook is not vaccinated. Um, Adam Thielen is not. Harrison Smith is not. None is of those. All, guys. Is this all allegedly, or because we know we can say Kirkism? That's that, well, if that's not confirmed, I don't know what is. Right, but well, it's it's more than allegedly. Simply, if you do the detective work of if you're wearing a mask on the sideline, if you. If you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask on the sidelines. All those players are continually wearing masks on the sidelines. There's really no other reason that they would realistically be doing it. So that's why, even though not all of them, I think Thielen might be on the record on it. I can't remember for sure. Um, Now, the story, there was a story in the Strib today suggesting that uh, more players are going to get vaccinated or are in the the process of it. I I don't know. Um, You know, Zim asked the question, was asked the question about, man, do you, you, know, you feel like, God, there's, it just seems like there's so many crises and there's you know, the COVID problem and you got injuries. And um, what is it about? I mean, you feel like you got this, this burden that, and I, I think his answer is, is good. And we've talked about this before. We tend to think this is the only team going through any of these sorts of crises, whether it's injured players or whether the team is ready to start or whether this is, position is a little unsettled. Reality is there's a lot of teams in that position. We just don't spend as much time on them because we're not as fixated on those other teams as we tend to be the Vikings. Yeah, what is there, two teams that are fully vaccinated? I think Tampa and uh, the Falcons were the other one I think off that's, the top of my head. I think that's right. Yeah. So, so it's not like an exclusive Vikings issue that every other team is fully vaxxed and now we're stuck here in the, in the caveman ages trying to figure it out. Um, something that I, you know, you talked about the O-line, uh, Charge and Nordo were on uh, earlier this week, and they did a little bit with. They predicted things like two months ago, and one of the th- oh yes, and right. one of the things Nordo predicted sixty days ago, without any knowledge, is that the Vikings would have an ailing injury on the O line, and here we are. There it is. Yeah, it's it's sad how predictable it's. Yeah, become. that's very true. Well, um, you know, if if this had gone according to plan, Darisau would be the starting left tackle. Of course, right? He had yep. been available this all off season. Um, and we would have, by now, maybe even had a feeling about, okay, is he up to the job? They're starting Rashad Hill, not because they want to, because, but because they have to. 
Um, we drafted a guard high enough that the feeling was he could end up being the starting right guard. He's at best second string, has not emerged either. Um, and let's be honest about it. Until it seems like I, it, I say this every year at the fair, and it, it's boring because I'm repeating myself, but I can't help it. Until we get to a place where we have a, an assumption that the offensive line is going to be at least good with a chance to be great, um, we're not going to be able to count on anything regarding this team. Now, again, the offense was good last year, um, but it wasn't great at times, I don't think. And it, it had a, the defense was difficult to overcome because the defense was decimated in a mess. And I guess that maybe is your best comeback to concerns, is that you make not just a jump back in your recovery defensively, you become a top 10 or top 5 defense again. You become a feared defense again. You do that, and obviously everything else can look better, right? Because then there's not the same level of expectation for your, for your offense. Is that impossible? No. But even there, a lot of stuff's got to come together pretty fast. You've got a lot of new moving parts in the secondary, more experience than you had before. But they haven't really been together that much. And then your guy, Barr, he's out, at least for now. Now, <laughs> yeah. allegedly. My favorite. One of your sure. favorites, yeah. if I recall. Um, and, it, you know, he's got a knee issue. It, he has not been ruled out yet. He hasn't practiced in a, it, see, it feels like close to a month, which makes it hard to believe that he's going to play in the opener. So that's another open question. Defensive line, Daniil, you know, that's the other thing. Again, if Daniil is dominant, Lots of things are going to look better because it, 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 you can paper over your, your weakness a lot if you get a great pass rush, and he, by all accounts, is looking like his body is, uh, is back. So maybe that's what will change the dynamic here, that you start seeing a defense that we remember in, in, you know, from Zimmer's best years, and that will make everything else um, look better. The other elephant in the room is the people who cover this team say – that um, there is tension between the, the, the quarterback and the head coach. Whether it's the COVID thing or still a feeling that it's really not in the perfect world the guy he wants to be as quarterback, even though we don't have any other quarterbacks, as we proved. Well, he drafted one and, and then he rips them. We, he did very quickly, and we clearly have figured out he's not ready to be the backup, which is why Sean Mannion is back on this roster. Um which means I still don't think we really have a backup, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't get that. But that's going to, be, that's going to bear watching. Is, is there, because as you know, Zim does not hide, he's not artful at hiding his disdain. And if there's tension bubbling or frustrations, um, that's a pretty key position. You know, quarterback, whether you love Kirk Cousins or think he's not the answer, he's your guy. There's no other choice here. At all, and so if that kind of goes pear-shaped, um, that'll be another issue. Again, maybe Cousins takes care of it and is brilliant in the first game or the first couple games, and then a lot of the stuff will go away. Um, Dalvin, if Dalvin's Dalvin, same thing. We got some impact players who can make some differences, but we still have an offensive line that I don't trust I, in terms of the pass protection. Yeah, it, they, they've had the same problem for as long as I, I – mean, how many – how many years do you think the Vikings have had O-line problems for more years than I've been alive? I mean, let's be honest. Yes. And, and the thing is, this year it felt like in the draft they started to realize some of their long – they never planned for the future at quarterback was one of the things. Right. And they never drafted enough O-line. 
And it felt like this draft, they finally they've, they've, started they've to addressed it in more some recent mistakes, years, yeah. which is scary for me yeah. because we're not learning from any of our mistakes over east of the border, no. which is a whole nother thing. So, and the Bears. No one's going to feel sorry for the too. Green Bay Packers. No, I, you got you know Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Yeah. You still have him. That's the key. Um, yeah, but you're right. We actually have devoted much more of, of our draft capital. Um, the question now has been on, on, on the right people. O'Neill looks like that was a good investment. Um, but, yeah, now it's an issue of, well, I, I've, I've laid out the stat before. I think uh, in, in, in the 2010s, the, the, the entire previous decade, the Vikings have had one Pro Bowl lineman one year, and that's it. And when you consider how many Pro Bowlers there are, because so many of the guys who were originally named the Pro Bowl get hurt and don't play, that's alarming. We just have not had, and, and it, not of it, if you look at the great offensive lines, some of them are drafted high. Some of them are developed. Some of them are, you know, you, you, you get a, a diamond in the rough in the fifth round. You develop the hell out of him and he becomes a legitimate player. So there's a bunch of ways to do it. It doesn't have to be all with number ones. But it does have to be with talent, and we've just not been able to uh, put that together at all. And so if they get tired of talking about it, it's too bad because, or us talking about it, it's because it's, it is. It continues year after year to be the number one issue, especially with a quarterback who's, uh, as you know, slightly less mobile than your guy, A-Rod. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one last break. We'll get it in. We'll come back. And we do have a microphone up front if you have questions. We have those Snap Fitness T-shirts to give away, mm-hmm. if you're interested. Correct? we got a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. Some at well... Maybe a few, few less. Oh might... well, all right. There's one that's got a food stain on it. We might, might want to, <laughs> might want not pass that one along. Uh, but we'll uh, include questions or comments from here. We'll turn it over to Garzi at the uh, uh, at the top of the hour, and uh, then Russo Radio Special Edition between one and three. I think that'll be our last live show at the fair yep. in 2021, right? Russo mm-hmm. with uh, Bruce Boudreau among his guests. Back in a minute from the shadow of the grandstands. Here in the- on the fan. weather is ideal again today this is just perfect weather conditions and the bleachers this time of day um not quite as sun soaked i guess to the to our left they are getting uh fairly sun soaked to the right there's lovely shade and uh, people are enjoying that and no there's not an awning in the plans i don't think brett wow. unfortunately uh final segment for us state fair 2021 guardsy will follow and then as i mentioned uh, Russo Radio as well. If you do have a question or an observation or anything you want to get to, we do have a microphone up here. Don't be shy about uh, joining. I should also mention that around the corner, if you don't know it already, there's uh, an array, a dazzling yes. array of T-shirts, and I think one of the best hoodies we've ever done. I really uh, want kind of that. a. Uh, it's it, how would you? It's it's main colors black, and then it's got like a blue screen in front of it with all. Allegedly, I haven't really looked at them. Many of the inside bit sayings that are a part of yep. uh, the fan lore, but I like the color. I like the blue on the black. I think it's a very effective sweatshirt. 
And then we got T-shirts as well, including this year the Barrero Obo uh, T-shirt, if it uh, interests you as well, which is uh, got a really nice. Is that is that color considered teal? Yeah. It's a greenish. I don't know what it is. I kind of like it. Um, in any case, that and of course, like about a dozen different Power Trip Morning Show T-shirts, all available to you around the corner, all at very reasonable prices. We have a woman here approaching the microphone with perhaps a question or comment. Uh, welcome. Give us your name, where you're from, and what brings you to the uh, to the program today. Um, I'm Joanne Steckline, and I'm from Wyzetta. Wyzetta, you say? Okay. Yeah, and I listen to you often. So. Do you ever run into the to um, Mace at the coffee shop? I don't. I hear about that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I always. It's hard not to hear about it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really Mace is. Mace brings it up from time to time. I expect to see him, but I don't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. So I have a two-parter. Okay. And it's a little off the Vikings path, sure. so to speak. Um, I find myself more engaged with what the Packers are doing. These Whoa, days. well. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? <laughs> Brett will love that. And Brett can certainly answer this if you'd prefer, but you need to hold your bias. Uh, sure. Yeah, hold your bias, Brett. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> so, I, uh, again, two-parter. So, do you think that the scuttlebutt between, with, with um, Aaron, will he, won't he, yes. will that work to their detriment? in the season or do you think it'll be um they've worked it out in time to have a decent season and him for him for his mindset to put it behind him and the team to do the same or do you think um and then your answer on that and then as well as what kind of um season do you think they're gonna have are you a packers fan uh i just yeah it seems to be i mean i can't check are you are you one of us are you? I mean, are you a born and bred Minnesotan? Yeah. Well, what happened? My mother. My mother. Ah, your from mom. Wisconsin, but okay. still, it just the 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 play okay. is so much more superior. It's, <laughs> it's just hard. checks in the mail. Yeah, check That's is in sure. the mail. Well, I'll, I'll I'll give Brett a chance to answer this. I'll, what I'll mention briefly, I don't think that all the the stuff that that took place this off season is going to have any major impact during the season. With the slight caveat, if they struggle big time. They're going to hear about it more. It's going to then it'll feed on itself. They see all that stuff. There is baggage, and it's it's proof that the tension is is actually getting in the way of getting this thing done. If Rogers is Rogers and they're cruising along, I don't I don't think it's going to be at all that kind of factor during the season. Yeah, and same sort of thing with me. It was it was my dad's side. That's all them. So similar story. That's how it happened. Yeah. That's uh, I. At this station, it's the boy who cried Rogers leaving, I feel like. Everyone is, well, he's out the door, and then it used to be, well, once that trade deadline hits, he's going to Denver, and that's it, and then that passed, right. and he's still here. And that's going to be, well, after this season, he's leaving while he's still here. Um, I think it's a, actually a better chance. Here's my two cents worth on that. It's never been about, well, I don't like my teammates, or I don't like the coaching. You know, He's publicly came out and said in the brief times that he has, that he likes his teammates and loves his coaches. It's just Brian in the office right. that screws him over time after time. And I think at the end of the day, you know, if he still loves his teammates and they still have that, you know, that bond that's never broken, uh, I don't see why they couldn't be. I mean, they're returning practically everybody, right? right. I mean, yeah. they got Jones back, and yeah. they're, they're talking again with Adams now. So I don't think there's any reason they can't be a 3-4 loss team. What was your other question? I think that covers it. That covers both of them? Yeah. Perfect. You want a shirt? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Thank you. A, uh, I think it's a Snap Fitness T-shirt we have to uh, to give away. Um, thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm a little surprised you didn't just flat out demand that they make a Raj the general fire Goody and just have him become. I think making. I think he would become the first 
We've had player coaches in NFL history. I don't know if we've ever had general manager coach combination in history. Just have him because he's the smartest guy in the room, obviously, so just let him do everything. Well, can't there be a gray area no. where, he's, where he's in the room? Well, yeah, but, it probably is now. You know, and that's how I don't have a to choice. Me, that's how I mean Tom gets the same treatment, I feel like, in Tampa Bay where he Tom Brady's say, done more. I, I understand that, but don't if, even don't even go down this road. You don't, okay. A Raj. A Raj Bobo. Yeah. No, I know what Look you're saying. Those. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, just, I, I don't think there should be an all. He should be the GM no. or he should be out of the room. I think there should be a nice little medium. Yeah, area the, the problem I have is some of the people he was worried about getting cut didn't do anything any, anywhere else. I think it's I, the manner gotten, of which they got yeah, cut yeah. more than them getting cut itself. But there, would you admit there's some irony that a guy who has no bedside manner is <laughs> complaining about somebody else's bedside manner, which is kind of interesting. We have another question from the audience. Yeah, who, who are you? Where are you from? And what's on your mind? I'm Scott from Champlin, and I wanted to get the topic back to Minnesota. Okay. Uh, off of Green Bay, anyway. Thank you. Some bitterness uh, there. <laughs> I was worried when we put the mic out that that, well, I mean, like we, that might happen. We take all so, questions, yeah. you know. Uh, I had more of an observation uh, from watching the Gopher game. Mm. I was impressed by the Gophers' offense lack of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Every handoff looked crisp. The passes were, were caught and right. they weren't bobbled as they were getting nailed. And uh, the, the offense looked fantastic. And uh, other than a few lapses on defense, which looked as bad as last year, but maybe not quite as bad, maybe not quite as many, uh, there's, there's definitely hope for the Gophers this year. I well, it, it's, uh, the, the interesting question will be the, the offense is built around the running back. They want to run, and they have other running backs, but do they have any of them that can carry the same load? And if they can't, then you have to develop – your wide receivers, there were signs that maybe they got a couple. Ottman Bell didn't play, and the QB, I thought, did look better at times as the game went on, better than he, than he looked last year. Um, but when you lose a, a, a back who you've built the whole thing around, that's pretty big. I mean, I don't want to compare him to Dalvin Cook, but in his own way, his level, his importance is probably almost as great. Dalvin is more of a, you know, he, he, more versatile, I guess you could say, player. But they're going to have to make some significant adjustments, and that also might mean uh, being willing to throw the ball on first down, which we don't like to do. I mean, the, the Gophers have not liked to do. And about the, the I, I'm more worried about the big plays than you are because if the ones, the little, you know, it's the, it's it's the old deal. Like, well, he pitched well except for the three run home run he gave up. It's like, well. If the three-run home run was the difference between winning and losing, uh, that's not a small mistake. And if you're giving up 65-yard, you know, 71-yard scoring plays, man, that everybody does it once in a while. But if you're if it's a continuation of what you did a year ago against not just great teams, but against okay teams, then I'm still a little worried whether they got the right pieces in place there. And and because again, as as fun as they made it, it was almost like. I couldn't take it seriously that they were going to steal the game when Ohio State was able on one play, no drive, no sustained drive, turn the ball back the other way and get seven more points. Well, and there's a difference between you know a corner getting beat just because yes. the wide receiver is better right. than complete defensive lapses and breakdowns where safeties aren't in the right place. Times, confusion, yeah. Yeah. not knowing whose guy you have, and I think that's the, the big play factor uh, that the Gophers just couldn't stop. It was those lapses on D. Yeah, that confusion definitely has to. Were you there? No, I no. You did not go. You watched though. I watched. Yeah, it was entertaining. Well, it was a fun game. Like I said, compared to my Hoosiers, yeah. they were at least. I mean, the Indiana was just 
awful at Iowa. It was was it thirty one three was the final. Whatever it, it was, was, they were never. It was or, a, maybe it was a lot to a yeah. Whatever it was, they were never in the game. Uh, gave up a fifty, like a fifty five yard run for a touchdown, almost immediately, and then a pick six, and they're down fourteen. They were never in the ball game. You want a t shirt? Snap Fitness. Sure. Yeah, why not? Well, and that goes. If back- nothing else, you could use it to you know wipe the bench if the bench is go. still wet. You know. Or you might wear it. You didn't give him the one with the food stains, did you? No, 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 no. Okay, just want to be sure. Good. Well, that goes back to my point, too. Uh, The confusion on defense, now you have to deal with that week one against Ohio State. It's not Bowling Green or Northwest Missouri Tech, Louisiana State. We got Miami of Ohio this week, I think, which should be a little bit easier opponent. We have another quick question. Yeah, we're running out of time, but go ahead. Who are you from? Who are you? Where are you from? And uh, what's on your mind? My name's Kathy. I'm from Minneapolis. Hi, Kathy. I have actually two questions. Okay. Question one. Considering that he tends to run very hot and cold, do you think Tanner Morgan has a chance of making it anywhere professionally? Okay. And the second question is, what did you guys think of Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy, and could you see him doing that something after he's done with his career? All right. Two very good questions. I'll, get, I'll let you do the Jeopardy question. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think Tanner Morgan has an NFL future. Uh, I know some people think he might, and it's a little unfair because he's still got time. I tend to think not. I think yeah. he. I think he's two years ago. He was a great quarterback. Last year, he took a step back. May not have all been his fault. I don't. I don't know that I see the physical presence that that would hold up and the talent. I don't, I don't know that I see it. I think he's still got a chance to be and was a very good you know college quarterback and i like some of the tight windows he was throwing balls in again the other day um because when things went were going better he he got a little bit of juice going a little bit of momentum going but i don't know that i necessarily see uh uh a pro future for him yeah and i just think he hasn't been he hasn't been able to find that zone that he had two years ago when they went on that run i feel like he just hasn't been as confident he hasn't right. been you know stepping up in the pocket and just making the right play as much like he threw a couple bad picks well including the pit yeah they got called back and they got a yeah. pick on the on the penalty right that was the only reason there wasn't how about uh a raj on on as on non-biased Jeopardy? as possible well yeah if it is possible uh, i mean non-biased. yeah it, de- it depends on who you ask i i tend to like the guy so i think he could do it um i think he did a good job and he's he did he's a smart guy it, he did a good say job. what you want about yeah, his bedside manner but he is a smart guy the key i think is going to be as as the guy who is going to be in charge of jeopardy and then is out now just got to be sure that you know there's not any you know there's in a blog or a, a, a podcast from nine years ago where you said something that you're going to regret because the vetting is very high in the Jeopardy show in that regard. Uh, you want a shirt as well? Yeah. We'll get you a shirt, and uh, that's the Spinner's music. So we are done. Uh, Guardsy coming up with Cake Show. I don't see him. He might be in the back getting ready. He's lurking, somewhere. prepping. He's got to be lurking. Uh, Ryan Burns with him to talk Gophers. I think early. And um, then it's Russo Radio, 1 to 3. Thanks for all who came out today and every day at the Great Minnesota Get-Together on a weird year. We still enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. And we are back on uh, Tuesday at 3 because Monday is a uh, best-of day. Thanks again, everybody, for coming to see us. Guardsy next here from the Minnesota State Fair.